0: We'll do another awkward intro for another show. We're back this week. Yeah.
1: Uh, like That's awkward.
0: We're, me too. I'll make it real awkward. <laughs> this week we're doing the 2007 Oscars, which means we're covering No Country for Old Men. And joining us is author and journalist Alex Kane. Alex, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah. Thank you for being here. We, we really appreciate it. Uh, we like to start every episode by harassing our guests with a series of questions. So take that good call. I'm I'm glad someone finally said it. I I always feel like, you know, people feel too put on the spot, but (laughs) we're going to jump into this. So our first question, the year is 2007. If you don't mind telling us, how old were you in 2007 and what are your memories of the time?
2: Well, so I would have been, um, 17 18 yeah i would have been 17 roughly uh senior in high school you know so um i recall seeing zodiac that year pretty like when it came out on dvd you know um so i was engaged with movies at the time but uh yeah i mean i i did not see this immediately um but we'll get to that but um (laughs) yeah um yeah you know i was i was a a big movie fan but um you know at that age i was sort of excited about like michael bay's transformers movie coming out (laughs) you know that's kind of where i was at in terms of uh, my engagement with the culture i was like Mm -hmm. oh hell yeah the thing i loved when i was a kid is getting the uh michael bay treatment like (laughs) you know uh so yeah um you know i remember sort of uh getting the xbox 360 that year and um listening to <laughs> lincoln park minutes to midnight and and grad- <laughs> graduating from from high school basically was kind of uh you know yeah man that's where i was at <laughs> busy year so, yeah O to be 2007 again yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh speaking of film fandom our second question is what are some
2: formative films that got you into being a film fan um so yeah so obviously when i was a kid i mentioned transformers i guess that's fair to say like 1986 transformers was a big childhood movie um the rest the rescuers um you know getting to be 12 13 14 the the progression was something like um you know, Attack the Clones and Minority Report, um, and then to Scarface, uh, which led to like Good, the Bad, and the Ugly and The Godfather. Um, and then, kind of, the biggest sort of shotgun blast of cinema was um, 2004. Um, I was a Tom Cruise fan at the time, you know, because of things like Minority Report, I had said, and born on the Fourth of July. So I went to see Collateral. Uh, in oh, 2004 yeah. and and that was like you know when you're a kid watching a george lucas star wars movie it's like yes you're you're noticing the craft of filmmaking but like there are certain things you don't think about like like the the really nitty-gritty you know there's a camera camera lens you know there's like people <laughs> doing this stuff with their hands and you go see a michael mann film at fourteen fifteen. That's an experience. And so collateral is kind of ground zero for like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe there's more to film than I had noticed before. Um, You know, that digital texture that you see in Zodiac and uh, Fincher in general was kind of came from collateral, I think.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Mm Mm-hmm. Our final and most important question, the most important question of all time. Have you seen and what do you think of the 2019 masterpiece that is
2: Cats? Cats. I haven't seen it, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's got uh, Good call. <laughs> it's got what Ian McKellen and Taylor Swift. So I mean Did you Dame Judy Dench? Yeah, Judy Dench. So, you know, I'm not against watching it, but I uh, managed to
3: like avoid it so far. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, got lucky so far. It, it hangs around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Always on the horizon. I actually watched mm-hmm. that new Chippendale Rescue Ranger movie tonight. Oh, Lord. Did you?
0: Yeah. And uh, there's a really good cat's joke in there. Oh, nice.
1: Okay. Nice. Wait. Watch that. Ooh, Do it. It's right. really funny. Okay. Excellent. That makes me happy.
0: It looks oh. fun.
3: Better well, than Tom and Jerry, anyway. Oh, God. <laughs> no, it, this is a good movie. Tom oh, okay. and Jerry was
0: terrible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about a movie?
0: Let's talk about a movie. Well, you beautiful people out there in podcast land, my name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce.
2: I'm Matt I. McCoy. And I'm Alex Kane. And we are your Oscar
0: grouches, and welcome back to the Oscar Rusty Podcast, a show where we discuss winners throughout history of the Oscars and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong. And what are we watching this week, Zach?
3: This week, we're watching No Country for Old Men. A drug deal gone wrong changes a series of lives, and a weary sheriff shepherds us through the desolate landscape. Thank you. Gotta get in the mood. (laughs) Hold (laughs) on. What's the
0: most you've ever lost on a coin toss? Couldn't say. Turn him into Sean Connery? A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. They they send one of yours to the hospital. You send one of theirs to the morgue. It's the Chicago way.
3: Tosh (laughs) the coin!
0: Alright. This is everybody's first time seeing No Country for Old Men
2: yes oh oh
3: wow
2: oh no no for me no uh yeah the first time i saw this was after true grit so probably 2011 12 13 yeah around that time and um i guess what was memorable about this movie for me the first time is i i bought the blu-ray probably because of true grit and uh I popped this movie in and I watched it and it was, I think the first movie ever in my life where I got to the end and I immediately hit play and watched it a second time. Uh, Yeah, I was, I was really like in awe of it. Um, And of course, because it's a Coen brothers movie, uh, there's always that element of like, what the hell just happened when you finished it the first time. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
1: Yep.
3: Nice. Zach, do you
0: remember your first time seeing this movie?
3: Yep. I, uh, I saw this in theaters twice when it was out. Um, first time with Caitlin. <laughs> Some of these movies we were seeing around this time, She, I, I think I probably kind of had to talk her into it. I remember her just kind of looking at me at the end and kind of frowning. I was like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. But then, I, but then I went and saw it with a friend. And I was like, ha-ha. And they looked at me also. And they're like, hmm. <laughs> so- <laughs> How about you, Mr. Workman?
0: Uh, I also saw this one twice in the theaters. Uh, I was deep in the pocket for the Cohen brothers in 2007, so I—I yeah. I don't believe I've missed a theatrical release of theirs since 04 when I saw the okay. Lady Killers.
3: Nice, nice.
0: Um, oh, it might be oh no, I, I can't keep playing this game. I'm going to go way too down a rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think. Oh, I don't remember who I saw this with. Probably Leanne the first time. And I fell in love with it and I, I loved it so much. I took my dad to go see it. I mean, this movie's just so
3: transfixing that he and I quoted this movie for weeks. Nice. I have to take my hat off. It's too hot to wear this. <laughs> All right.
0: Uh how about an Oscar breakdown? Break it, down! it is a fateful February twenty-fourth, two thousand eight. Mm. We are still at the Kodak Theater in Hollywood. Our host this evening is Jon Stewart.
3: Oh, second time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I believe he had a break last year and came Mm -hmm. back. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Ellen DeGeneres was last year. Now he has returned in all of his resplendency. Our most nominated films on the evening are uh, No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood. How many nominations? Eight apiece. Nice. No Country for Old Men drinks there will be blood's milkshake Mm. and takes home the (laughs) most awards with four.
1: I understood that reference. (laughs) (laughs) Calm down there, Captain America.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Best picture goes to no country for old men, giving Scott Rudin, Ethan Cohen, and Joel Cohen Academy awards for producing, beating out atonement, Juno, Michael Clayton, and there will be blood. Joel and Ethan Cohen pick up their second Academy Awards on the evening, their third overall, after winning Best Original Screenplay for Fargo
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, for directing. Uh, Best Actor goes to Daniel Day Lewis for There Will Be Blood, giving him his second Academy Award. Indeed, um, somehow Johnny Depp is in the category for Sweeney Todd because
1: that movie is good. It is not. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs>
0: and alex don't don't be afraid to speak up on anything we want oh sure i'm just thinking
2: about how much zodiac got hosed evidently
0: Uh, oh yeah no zodiac
2: (laughs) i believe gets
0: nothing but we'll find out as we go down yeah (laughs) yeah no i i was very angry looking at this list in 2007 as well uh all right best actress goes to Marion Cotillard for levion rose best supporting actor goes to javier bardem playing it on chigurh no country for old men
1: sugar sugar
0: uh but supporting actress goes to tilda swinton and michael clayton
1: mm-hmm. yeah 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 yeah
0: huh. <laughs> yeah honestly like literally any of the women in this category could have won it and i wouldn't have been saying that's fair because kate blanchett gets nominated for i'm not there the oh, bob yeah. dylan picture uh ruby d gets nominated for american gangster and i was kind of rooting for ruby d because she mm-hmm. rules and deserved an academy award in her lifetime sure
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh Sheer ronan gets nominated for atonement and that's one of those child performances that really like stepped up the game and amy ryan for gone baby gone mm. just a which uh which has been affleck's directorial debut yep yeah Moving on, best original screenplay goes to Juno, giving Diablo Cody an Academy Award. Yeah. Uh-huh. Best adapted screenplay goes to No Country for Old Men, giving Joel and Ethan Cohen their third on the night, fourth overall. Yes. Best animated feature goes to Ratatouille. Beautiful.
1: Brad Bird. His Rack-a-cou-y. second. <laughs> <Rack-a-coun-y>. <laughs> I want to make more jokes, but I can't sex, sex needs to fucking watch it.
0: <laughs> Alex, have you seen Everything Everywhere All at Once yet? Oh, not yet, not yet. Okay, God,
1: you need to. Yeah, it's <laughs> amazing. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going, I'm
0: going to see it a second time on Monday. Nice. I made plans with a friend who never goes to the movies because she wants to see it so badly. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> and if it wins Best Picture this year, then we're having her on for the episode. Nice. nice. All right, back to it. Best foreign language feature goes to the counterfeiters from Austria.
3: Hmm.
0: Best documentary feature goes to Taxi to the Dark Side. Uh, Best documentary short subject goes to Freeheld. Okay. Best live action short film goes to Les Mozart de Pickpockets. Thankfully, they've uh, translated it here on the Wikipedia page, The Mozart of Pickpockets. I wouldn't have been able to understand (laughs) it. I was lost. (laughs) Uh, Best animated short film goes to Peter and the Wolf. Best original score goes to Atonement. Dario Marinelli, an Academy Award. Uh, I would normally do the podcast within a podcast. He's not nominated this year. Oh, I've already forgot to do it. Uh, We do John Williams, Oscar watch. And he, because he normally gets nominated. He has no Academy Award nomination this year. Bummer. Uh, Best original song goes to Falling Slowly from Once. Oh, yeah. A beautiful film. Yeah. Uh, quick note on the best original song this year. This is the second year in a row that one film has picked up three nominations and no win. Last year was Dream Girls. This year is Enchanted. Oh. oh. Sweet, Sweet film. I love that film. I can't wait for Disenchanted. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. At- Alan Minkin and Steven Schwartz pick up three nominations, do not pick up a win, thus causing the Academy to change their rules on nominating original songs for films.
3: What is really? the change, sir?
0: Uh, you cannot have three nominations anymore. <laughs> oh, can you have two? Uh I believe so, or it's a it's a real like specific reason why you can have two. So okay. without getting too much into that. Yeah. It just gotcha uh jonathan if you didn't know enchanted is directed by kevin lima okay who is the director of tarzan and a goofy movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. you got to tell her you love her <laughs> <laughs> i get stuck in my head pretty often yeah it's, it's you know it's, my it's, wife you you know i've seen this fucking movie
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's an incredible film uh Best sound editing Goes to The Born Ultimatum, beating No Country for Old Men. Best Sound Mixing goes to The Born Ultimatum, also beating No Country for Old Men. Hmm. Uh, best Art Direction goes to Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber, Fleet Street. Because it's a good movie. It sure is not. Um, best Cinematography goes to There Will Be Blood, giving Robert Ellswit an Academy Award. Mm-hmm. Yep beating roger deacons for no country for old men and the assassination of jesse james by the coward robert Ooh, god.
2: <laughs> poor deacons
0: deacons just just could not catch a break in these days nope but god this is a beautiful, tough fucking year for
1: competition work.
0: yeah seamus mcgarvey and Janusz Kamiński are also in yeah are also in here so that's a that's a good five guys hell yeah much better than the, the burger joint. Exactly. Uh, best makeup goes to Levion Rose, beating out Rick Baker for Norbit. <laughs>
1: Oscar-nominated <laughs> Norbit.
0: A film so bad that it tanked Eddie Murphy getting an Academy Award the year before is good enough to dominate an Academy Award. <laughs> <laughs> uh, weird. This is a weird life. Best costume design goes to Elizabeth, the
1: Golden Age. You know, as much as I love the first one, I have not seen that one. It's not as good. Yeah, that's kind of
3: what I thought. Uh, I, f- I remember it being like, okay, but like you said, not as good. Uh, Blanchett gets nominated
0: for it, and she's yeah. good in it. Sure. She's the first woman to get nominated for playing the same role twice. Nice. Uh, she's also, of course, nominated for i'm not there so she's double nominated on the evening as well Nice, the uh, boss, boss. I, I feel like she should have won one of those since um catherine hepburn won her academy award for her right in 2004
3: but you know she it would have bob dylan would have won this one so it's not i don't know yeah <laughs> she's so good yeah all right best film
0: editing goes to the born ultimatum beating no country for old men Of course, Roderick James nominated. Still not a real person. (laughs) Best visual effects goes to The Golden Compass. I like that movie. It's all right. I remember
1: enjoying it. I like the show. Yeah, oh, God. Yeah, his dark materials is good. But they they toned down The Golden Compass way too much. Well, from the source material. Yeah.
0: All right, we have an honorary award tonight going to Robert F. Boyle in recognition for one of cinema's great careers in art direction. Ooh. Yeah. Let's find out what Robert F.
1: Boyle
3: Yeah, I was wondering. I didn't want to take your time, but... No, 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 no. I am curious. Uh, Boyle's Ooh. credits include
0: The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming, which is a great film. Other credits include uh, It Came From Outer Space. Ooh. The original Cape Fear, okay. In Cold Blood, Fiddler on the Roof. Hell yeah. Uh, the Shootist, Private Benjamin, Troop Beverly Hills. <laughs> and uh, the sequel to Saturday Night Fever, Staying Live. Good stuff. Yeah, nice. not to
3: discredit anything, but I feel like Fiddler on the Roof kind of stands out from some of the, I mean, The Shootist too. but Yeah, Shootist.
0: <laughs> I mean, In Cold Blood's a really good, good film. Yeah. All right. And we have Gordon E. Sawyer Award tonight going to David Grafton. Uh, David Grafton was born in England in 1924, immigrated to the U.S. in 1953, and for 30, more than 30 years, he designed electro-optical systems for IBM, NCR, EG&G, and Xerox. Oh. 1970s, Grafton also began consulting in the movie industry where the highly specialized lenses he designed for optical effects printers enabled the seamless blending of multiple images from different sources. Working with the industrial light and magic in Boss Film Studios, he contributed to the production of numerous feature films, including Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back and Blade Runner. Oh, hell yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Grafton previously received two Scientific Engineering Academy Awards in 1980 for the optical design of a telecentric anamorphic lens for motion picture optical effects printers. Science. And in 1986 part of the team responsible for the design and development of the Zoom Aerial 65 mm optical printer. Zoom, zoom, zoom. That's most of the information I could find on David A. Grafton. And this is a uh, Animation World Network article from from 2008 talking about him receiving the Gordon e. Sawyer Award. Cool. So David A. Grafton, hero to all.
1: Thank you. No, thank you. Well, well, let's talk about this movie. Yeah, let's talk movie. About this movie. I love Ooh. a movie that knows it doesn't need a soundtrack.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this
1: movie was like, we don't need to guide the tension with that. We, uh, we got that.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: I like that I read that Carter Burwell did like 16 minutes worth of music for this film, so...
1: Good job for him. (laughs) Holy fuck! This movie was good.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm I like Alex nodding vigorously over there.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. It's a yeah, an uplifting laugh a minute romp that just (laughs) uh, my my heart soared. Uh, No, Uh, very good.
3: Yeah, so I'm I'm excited, you know, Jonathan, that this was your first time and. Alex, that you just watched it just before we came on. It's
1: mm-hmm. so here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I knew this movie was going to be good. There was no way that this movie was not going to be good. I don't know why it took me fifteen fucking years to watch it. I know I didn't watch it in 2007 because that was when I had just moved to Iowa. So mm-hmm. I know I really didn't have too much time to go out and see too many movies. Although, except the Simpsons movie. <laughs> And that's where I broke up with the girl that I moved here for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um,
3: so when you say you knew it was going to be good, like, what are the factors that led you to believe that?
1: Well, I mean, outside of the fact that it was a Coen Brothers movie, yeah. Um, I don't know. Just the the. I remember seeing the trailers. I remember Paul not shucking the fuck up about it. <laughs> I I just I looked at it. I was like, I know this movie is going to be fucking great. The trailers looked amazing. Like the the. The antagonist of the film, despite the fact that he looks so much like Benicio del Toro, um, <laughs> me going, I, I, I'm going to watch this movie. I know I'm going to watch. I know I'm going to love this movie, but I just not right now. Let me do something else. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not upset that I haven't seen it yet. I'm happy I got to see it for a reason. But I probably would have seen it many more times by this point if I had so because this definitely feels like a movie that's just gonna be like oh what do i want to watch okay no country that. so yeah yeah that'll happen yep so uh, uh alex what are your thoughts on this one
2: yeah this was probably the third cohen brothers film i saw i'd imagine i i definitely saw burn after reading like when that hit dvd and then i saw true true grit in theaters um so yeah, th- this was kind of like I said. I I watched it, and as soon as the credits are rolling, I I hit play and watched it a second time. Uh, you know, circa two thousand eleven or twelve or whatever it was. Um, it, it marries a lot of different genres that I like anyway. You know, it's sort of like a a western and a slasher movie, and uh, like you know, it's man, like it. It, uh, yeah, it's got little bits of all these sort of movies that I already kind of loved at that point. You know, it's sort of like, you know, Michael Myers walking into The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly with, like, <laughs> hint, hints of, uh you know, <laughs> Big Lebowski thrown in. It, it's yeah. very blood simple in retrospect, but I didn't see blood simple until, like, right. a year ago. So, oh, um, nice. Yeah, so, yeah. That's a great film. Yeah. The blood- dialogue is, you know, pure... pure pure poetry basically um uh, yeah
3: yeah that's great with um blood simple and like miller's crossing are, are a couple that i hadn't seen before i'd seen no country so at the time it's like this feels kind of different for a coen's brother um uh, coen brothers movie but <laughs> then i learned that you know they can do very different types of things The i mean they've got their signature brand of humor in here from time to time which used to like kind of punctuate the seriousness of everything and but the humor comes off in a way that's still like intense and kind of intimidating
1: yeah. it, well i mean
3: it's, yeah. it's the it's their
0: very uncomfortable humor right that that arises from the situation you're you're mm-hmm. laughing because you have to do something with the tension yeah, it's like <laughs>
3: nervous laughter i
1: mean these are the guys that had me cracking the fuck up when someone was in a wood chipper so i mean
3: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> But yeah, I I had, you know, the note here about no score, no soundtrack, and that, that's so, it's so true. It's so good. It's like, like, you know, in The Departed, The Departed obviously has a score and it has music and stuff, but I think back to, like, that, that scene of the um, the cell phone shaking on the table, and here you got, like, when he's driving around with the, um, the whatever, the tracker thing that's beeping. Mm-hmm. Just that, it's like my heart is beating to that tracker and... <laughs> waiting for it to go wrong
1: yeah yep Yep. um so one of the things i always appreciate um i know the coen brothers do this fairly often is you take big names or even names that you 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 see a lot and you go we're gonna put them in a little bit so like woody Mm -hmm. harrelson yeah you, you got his character and you're like this guy's coming off as like the opposite of uh javier barton's character like he comes off as that guy Hmm. and no more than, what, 15 fucking minutes later, he's basically pissing his fucking pants. <laughs> like, alright. right, yeah. that, That's, I love that. That, and anytime also, like, Steven Root's another guy who I love seeing him in pretty much everything because it's always, like, just these smallish parts, but they just played with him a little bit to make him come off as, like, this big boss guy and, nope, just gets shot in the fucking face. Yeah. <laughs> so, man down. <laughs>
3: Oh, Things are moving.
1: So um, yeah, I mean, this is one of those it's a perfect film, I think. I love the fact that you never really see like you see a dead Josh Brolin, but you don't get a close-up on the fact that he's dead. And I was like, Am I gonna see him come back in some way? Was that not actually him? Because it was just you saw him kind of floating in the pool and then you see him in the morgue, and that's when you're kind of given that nope, nope, that was him. Shit. Yep. So, I yeah, I loved that.
3: I had some people, you know, critical of you know, oh, they killed him off screen. It's like I, it, it, you don't have to see it. You don't. Isn't there I, enough gruesomeness? <laughs> and
0: I don't think you're going to glean anything from him dying on screen.
3: Right. Honestly, it's I not, mean, he, yeah, it's not that of type of character, really.
0: Yeah. And Cormac McCarthy didn't care to kill him on screen, like on screen yeah. quote unquote in the book. So yeah. why yeah. should the Coens be like, well, let's film his death. That's dumb. nice.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, yeah and I know uh, Tommy Lee Jones is doing some Western and stuff at this point of his career, but I like the way he's used as the anchor of the film. And, you know, mm-hmm. we get his point of view and, and I saw a, a brief little review um, somewhere. And I really agreed with what they said. If, if you're kind of looking at this film anyway, other than through Tommy Lee Jones perspective, where he's like grounded the, the way that, you know, you think the normal quote unquote world would be normal lives, people doing their everyday stuff against this. If you don't have him and against that, you know, I, I own the novel, but I haven't read it yet. So I, I, I fault oh, it, myself. It's a good one. Yeah. I, I bet. Um, but without that character, you just get like a kind of more of a straightforward horror movie. And it's not, I mean, it's still good, I'm sure, but not as deep.
0: Yeah. And I mean, he's essentially your audience surrogate for the most part, because mm. yeah, he's the name of the con- The name of the movie is no country for old men. He's the old man. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so he's the one whose eyes you're supposed to be looking through, uh, and witnessing all this, chaos and debauchery and Mm -hmm. listening to what he has to say about it. So, uh, yeah, without him, without him, it's just uh, essentially a a cat and mouse movie about drug
1: deals.
2: Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, he's I, sort of like clinically depressed or something because he's like the one that's sort of pausing to to reflect on the situation. He's like, you know, damn, like, you know, this is a messed up world we're living in. You know, sort of like Robert uh, Downey Jr. in Zodiac is kind of that, like the guy <laughs> who is sort of just worn down by the world, basically. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I can't do this anymore. That kind of thing. A right. uh, lot of similarities there. I also kind of like his uh, his more meta
0: moments. Whenever Garrett Dillahunt comes in to like him eat drinking coffee, and he's like, "Hey, they said we could go look at the uh, look at the crime scene again. You want to go do that? Do, do we really need to do that? I mean, do we?" <laughs>
3: Anybody else? dead show up?
2: <laughs> like we saw the crime scene once. We don't need to see it a second time. <laughs> Dillon Hunt might be my favorite character in the movie just because he gets those amazing quotable lines like, oh, <laughs> Sheriff, that's aggravating. You know, like I saw those little one-liners. So good. We, we need to put
0: out a call. For what? <laughs> Guy who just drank milk. <laughs> Hales, bales, they even shot the dog. <laughs> you know, so good. Oh, Dillon Hunt. He's, he's, he's such a good hand at everything. He's great. Yeah.
3: Oh. I just love how they uh punctuate the movie with those those moments and then like the intense action. But so much of the movie is like a slow burn and the tension builds, 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 and then you get the bam, there it is, and then it backs off and mm-hmm. back to it. And everything feels uh, it's gotta pay off except for, you know, some people might say the ending, but we'll get there in a moment. Um yeah, I just love the camera work and you know Deacons is great, yeah, Deacons is really bringing it on this one too, yeah, not that he doesn't always, but right, I think he'd like hate himself if he didn't, so i um I had a question about uh uh the last fifteen minutes or so are are is it pretty definitive, do you think that he uh kills? gosh i forget the wife's name so, entirely. Uh, carla jean Carl, um jean, yeah thank you yes he
0: kills carla jean uh, yeah i think that's kind of indisputable one
1: i think it was him scraping his boots yeah yeah kind of gave it, me that whole like you know i got her on my boots
0: right. yeah and, and you know through the through the entire film you see him taking off his shoes so he doesn't get blood on him closing mm-hmm. the uh right the shower curtain so he doesn't get blood on it and he's yeah yeah, avoiding the pool of blood that's coming towards him after he shoots Woody Harrelson. So when he comes out and he checks his shoes, I, yeah. I think that's I was,
3: pretty. I was pretty certain. I wondered for a second, like, because he didn't take her car, but he de- it didn't have a reason to take her car. He d- he was only taking cars when it was necessary. Yeah. Not like he was swapping as a ritual or something. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, and then uh, number two, to, to follow this up, he, you actually see her get killed in the book. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. She, she guesses wrong on the coin toss, I mm. think.
1: Oh, she think. actually does guess?
0: Uh, eventually. Uh, and I guess if she guesses tails and he has like a little bit more dialogue about how he's It's kind of debated what he represents. Uh, mm. A lot of people go with fate. He is the uh, <clears throat> human representation of fate and uh, he. Tells her how it's completely out of his hands now
1: that he's going to kill her. Right. I I will say that I don't know if I like that, only because you see him kill non discriminately in other top points of the movie. Where I'm not saying the guy's got to be two faced about everything, mm-hmm. but there are times where it's just like, even, you know, yeah, when you get that one on one, all right, here you pick, or hey, you've slightly inconvinced me. Like, how come he didn't do it for Woody Harrelson? How come he didn't do it for other people? Like, it was just very much. I, this is here for the I don't want to
3: say tension, but
1: maybe just for a dramatic effect.
2: Yeah,
3: I feel like with Woody Harrelson in specifically, he put himself in uh, in the way, sort of like with Llewellyn's character. They're yeah. they're specifically denying him the opportunity where other people sort of an inconvenience. So he yeah. gave him that chance. I guess
0: and and Harrelson essentially also is there as a representation of Llewellyn's last lifeline. hmm So once Llewellyn turns him down, uh, there's essentially no reason for him to stay around and no loose ends. Yeah. But with mm. with like all the people he kills to take their cars and stuff, there's there's the whole underlying the whole underlying idea of the chaos and the randomness of death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, him being an agent of fate just kind of punctuates how random death can be that it's going to sneak up on you when you least expect it. Sure. Yeah. And Like, like the
3: car accident at the end.
2: Yeah. I have a lot of notes about just, yeah, what I thought he represented. And it's very much that same kind of thing about like the sort of random chance nature of the universe, like the sort of like casual passive cruelty of existence yeah. sometimes right. uh like um but you know like if you apply for a bank loan or you apply for a job or you go to the doctor to get yourself out you know you kind of rolling the dice on some of this stuff and it's you know right. <laughs> life is not fair i i think that that's reinforced by the uh the mother-in-law uh is has the cancer and and she's very um you know she's got sort of an incongruous personality compared to the rest of the movie she's sort of a typical coen brothers character
1: yeah, uh, yeah.
2: It, like out of place but but yet you know putting their stamp on it um
3: yeah but yeah kind of answer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's the uh sparkle motion woman from donnie darko right <laughs> I, uh, I'm pretty sure. yeah i um, believe I you're right so. i don't know the actor's name i feel bad but uh, she's-, she's she's great She's one of those great character actresses that's all...
1: Beth Grant. Huh? Beth Grant? Beth Grant.
0: She's one of those great character actresses that always plays like the religious zealot woman in in the suburbs.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Rocking the suburbs.
0: Yep, just like Quiet Riot
3: did.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, so... I'm going to ask this just because God I want to talk about this year. Uh
2: anybody got any additional notes on the movie before we move on? Well, I have like four pages of notes, but what did you guys make of the uh the uh cattle airgun thing cuz I have a I have some theories about that. Um
1: I I would love to hear your
2: theories. Sure. Yeah. Well, well yeah, it's I, it's just it's fun, right? Because Right. It it's it's uh it's sort of neat and tidy and dispassionate, but but also I you know, having seen this a few times, like the thing I picked up on, you know, here was that, you know, there's no bullet for them to trace. And so mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. it's literally just like, you know, he found a solution that kind of solves the the problem of uh, you know, Tommy Lee Jones like literally calls him a ghost, you know. Like, yeah. Um woody harrelson is shocked that oh you saw him and you lived you know yeah. that kind of like he's basically yeah. like the, the reaper you know uh
1: well um so has anybody read or watched american gods i i, I read st- the I have, book yeah okay so the, show. the uh chernabog is um is one of the characters uh and he got gets a job as a cow killer basically mm-hmm. and how he used to be able like he knew he there was skill to using the hammer but now he has to use the uh thing that the guy's using in this movie and right. he talks about how it's lazy how there's no skill to it but i that was the first thing that kind of came to my head uh right. this is also played by uh peter stomari um <laughs> in the show <laughs> another, so another cohen alum yeah <laughs> so um
0: yeah and it also it also gives you the idea that he is as you said just passionate to the point where he sees his kills as uh as easy as cattle. Mm-hmm. So he, yeah. he doesn't look yeah. at them as human lives he's like oh, well you know we kill so, cattle this way it's
3: good enough for people. So I probably should have noticed this or looked it up by now but is he using the same thing like converted to a gun when he's like shooting people? Uh, or
2: that's a he, shotgun with a suppressor, I believe.
3: Yeah. Okay. Though so, that was like, okay. how is he making it do that? Maybe he's not that that really righteous sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
2: alien. Yeah. So spooky. Yeah,
0: yeah it really does give an otherworldly quality to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's just <laughs> a that's just a shotgun. Okay. I don't know if you've ever seen any videos of actual suppressors on guns they don't sound like
2: that they don't okay what what other notes you got there alex that you want to oh gosh i don't know a fun little piece of trivia that i uh, stumbled on was that uh if you look at cormac mccarthy's author photo from like 1973 he looks just like josh brolin does in this movie it's <laughs> like it's unbelievable uh, but yeah um just a lot of the things that i had were just you know pointing out like the lines like how much meaning is packed into like every little thing you know like is something wrong with what like anything and um you know just that sort of like air of anxiety that hangs over the movie and and just kind of like um it's sort of like hell or high water but instead of being like about a specific thing it's sort of just like old age you know out in the west in general um but uh some fun like underworld stuff with uh, you know he's like heading out into the night to return to the the drug deal site and like he says if I if I don't come home tell my mother I love her and she's like she's been dead for you know x years and he's like I'll tell her myself and then (laughs) you know he gets shot at and he stumbles into a river you know sort of like he's basically like venturing into the the realm of the dead and he stays there the the entire rest of the movie yeah (laughs) you know yeah Uh, it's really cool
0: that's cool uh apparently in the book specifically and they kind of have a a line like this in the movie they refer to uh the the book takes the story takes place in 1980 and they refer to a judge getting killed in el paso a year ago Hmm. that was a real thing that happened in texas in 1979 the man who killed the judge Was Woody Harrelson's father?
3: Yes, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, <laughs> yes. I had no idea. <laughs> okay. Yep. Huh. Yeah.
0: Uh, awesome. Charles hmm. Harrison Harrelson. Sorry.
1: Huh. not not
2: the first person he, he was uh, that he murdered either. So, wow. Fair yeah, I enough. Think he was, I think he was deep in that that world of organized crime at that point. Yep. <laughs>
0: cool. he, he was... When he killed the judge, he was on parole for uh, the murder of another person.
3: <laughs> Way to go. Yeah, wild. Y- you know, one other thing this movie makes me wonder sometimes is how long uh, a pot of coffee uh, really goes.
1: <laughs> like, a week. <laughs> no, I got grossed out. I was like, no, dude. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. All right. Well, go let's go ahead and move on here. Uh, At least I feel like you feel bad because i feel like
2: you overprepared here sir (laughs) no i just i was having such a good time just revisiting the movie and uh there's just so much there i like that line i lobos uh he he finds the one sort of dying man left from the shootout and he he says you know uh sierra laporta close the door (laughs) and he's like no and then he's like i lobos meaning there are wolves there are predators out there in the Mm -hmm. night And, and uh you know llewellyn's like you know, right, no no. Lobos. The, the world, yeah, the world <laughs> is a good place, and I, I'm gonna get this gold, like, it's gonna be fine. Like, there's no Lobos, and then of course, you know, uh, <laughs> he finds out the world's different than he thought, but Man, yeah. indeed, all right. Well, Paul, yes,
1: is this movie in the
2: library? This movie
0: is not in the library, yeah. <laughs> now, I'm gonna read you the list of films from 2007 that are in the library.
3: Is B- there movie. none B movie? There's B- none
1: B movie.
3: There Aww. are no movies from 2007 <laughs> in the library. Hmm. I, I think we'll get some eventually. I'm shocked and hurt.
0: Yeah, because there's too damn good many movies, right, that we could have put in since 2017. Then, so I'm sorry, yeah. no, no guessing what year it went in. That'll happen. Yeah, it'll go and into so. 2025. But we got. Calling it now. We got three years left in this category and four movies to go.
1: Yep. All right. Well, let's do a quick Razzy breakdown. Um, there's a theme this year. Uh, worst picture went to I Know Who Killed Me. Oh, we're doing the Lindsey Lohan thing this year, huh? am doing the Lindsey Lohan thing. Uh, okay. Uh, beating out Brat, Daddy Day Camp. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, which I thought was fine. Mm
0: -hmm. Eh, it's
1: a movie yeah um worst actor went to eddie murphy in norbit
3: it's fair it's a a terrible movie but he does interesting things i guess i don't know
0: he plays an asian man in the movie yeah we don't need that in 2007
1: (laughs) which you know rob schneider and i now pronounce you chuck and larry did the same fucking thing um he beat out Nicolas Cage. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Francis Ford Coppola's uh, nephew, Nicolas Cage, for Thank Ghost him. Rider, National <laughs> Treasure, and uh, Next. Which I liked
3: Next. yeah, yeah. I'm not I mean, saying it's, it's a not, great nothing, movie, but there was stretch, his fault. Nothing was his fault. No.
1: Yeah. Uh, worst actress went to Lindsay Lohan for I Know Who Killed Me. Okay. Uh, worst supporting actor goes to Eddie Murphy in Norbit as the character Mr. Wong. Yeah. 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 Um worst supporting actress goes to Nor Eddie Murphy and Norbit. Okay, uh, now we're now we're just yep. going too far now. Uh worst screen couple goes to Lindsay Lohan and Lindsay Lohan as the Yang to her own yin. Okay. <laughs> uh worst remake or ripoff goes to I Know Who Killed Me again. What is uh, the ripoff remake? of Hostel Saw and the Patty Duke Show? <laughs> That's kind of funny. Come on. Oh,
0: Come
1: on. <laughs> uh worst prequel or sequel goes to Daddy Day Camp. Okay. Uh beating out A V P Requiem, Evan Almighty, Hannibal Rising and Hostel Part 2. Uh Worst Director goes to Chris Siverston uh for I Know Who Killed Me. Uh Worst Screenplay goes to I Know Who Killed Me. And then the worst excuse for a horror movie goes to I Know Who Killed Me.
3: Oh okay. well done. There you go, yep, I see you know the Razzies have unfortunately think, you know picked on some people that had some rough times, so
1: yeah, I think Lindsay Lohan at this point was starting her downward spiral, yeah,
3: yeah hopefully she's back, yeah. her and Brittany are back, That's yeah, bitch.
1: all right, so let's go ahead and get into our worsty judgments. Mm. Alex, uh, so this is how we're going to roll. We got a couple of questions here for you. We'll start with you. The first question is, does this movie deserve best picture?
2: Man, that's a tough call. Um, you know, I think that there will be blood and Zodiac both. Um, you know, it's sort of a, a trifecta of phenomenal movies there. There's kind of not a wrong answer. I think Zodiac is sort of my pick. Um, you know, um, But man, this is like a a perfect movie, you know. Just in much the same way as Zodiac is, you know, they're very rewatchable, very masterfully done. So, um, I'm not going to say it doesn't deserve it, um, but yeah, Um, (laughs) I don't know. Yep. Hard to believe Zodiac didn't get it, I guess, in retrospect. But yeah, um, there will be you know, there will be blood. Would have been just as deserving. So yeah.
0: Yeah, and I remember Zodiac just getting kind of dumped in the early half of the year. And
1: yeah, did I didn't
0: read a single bad review on it when it first came out, and I, I can't believe that it didn't it didn't just clean up. Yeah, that and came out it was
1: a March release.
0: Yeah, like I said, just unceremoniously dumped, especially yeah. for a venture film.
1: Um. All right, so I watched four out of five of the movies this time. Ooh. Ooh. I did not get a chance to watch Atonement, but um, Juno is a good movie. He was better in 2007. I, I just, I hate Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah was only made for <laughs> one role. So, and I, I enjoyed him as Scott Pilgrim. He was Scott Pilgrim, but that's it. Anything else I can take or leave from him? Michael Clayton, I loved that fucking movie <laughs> so much because. I'm a huge fan of like the old Grisham movies and I feel like Michael Clayton kind of pulled me back into that a little bit. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So that being said, I don't understand why those two movies are in here because there are movies like Zodiac and I'm even saying rain over me probably should have been nominated as well. Mm. I feel it's the only movie that nine 11, right. Compared to the other ones. I I, I saw no best picture. I <laughs> over Juno and Michael Clayton, I think so. But that's just also because I'm a big fan of Shadows of uh, Colossus, so that might <laughs> yeah, be part of it. <laughs> um, that being said, as well, uh, I this is one of those years where I feel like the Academy, I, I would not have wanted
3: to have been a part of it.
1: Having to choose between there will be blood and No Country. Is got to be one of the toughest fucking decisions to ever make.
3: So, was this this was your first time watching "There Will Be Blood"? It was well. my
1: absolute first time seeing Blood that movie. Well, um, what a day!
3: <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> kind of started last night and uh, went on to this morning. I Jesus Christ! I all right. First off, yes, this movie deserves Best Picture. It was not my pick. I think There Will Be Blood probably should have been picked over this one. Um, And I'm not a huge Daniel Day-Lewis fan, but I do not see anybody else other than him in this movie. Um, I think the kid that played Eli, I want to see if he wasn't the kid that played Isaiah in Children of Corn uh, because it feels like it's the same fucking character and it's great. I'm going to go back and watch There Will Be Blood at least five or six times within the next couple months because I enjoyed that movie so much. Um, Where No Country for Old Men, I know is something I'm going to probably rewatch many, many times over the next few years. But, man, it is such a tough call. So, I don't know. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, the movie still deserves Best Picture. No Country does. It's just, personally, of the two, I think There Will Be Blood was the better picture. Zach! Hello there. Does this movie deserve Best Picture?
3: So, I... Also have seen four of the five. I'm sorry to disappoint Paul, but I didn't f- finish Atonement. I I just barely started it, but you know the time got away from me. But I was able to watch Michael Clayton this week, and I'd seen Juno and the others. So I'll rank what I've seen. Uh, Juno, like I, I agree with what Jonathan said. I, I like Juno. It's, it's quirky and interesting in ways, and then it pulls that kind of. See it coming, don't really see it coming, maybe expecting it kinda of ending that kinda of can leave a sour taste for some people. Um, but you know, like you said, I think it, it feels very a product of its time. In that way it's kind of an interesting time capsule. Um and then Michael Clayton, I really enjoyed that. That was a great uh Tilda thoughtful. Swin in that fucking movie. She's yeah. just amazing. She's very good. Yeah. And I mean, Clooney's really good too. Um, Tom Wilkinson, like Paul mentioned, he it's
0: Tom Wilkinson's
3: something else in that fucking movie. Yeah, I (laughs) I don't think it's quite on the level of a movie like The Insider, but it it gives kind of you know some similar feelings and you know Aaron Brockovich kind of stuff and this surrogate company that's basically Monsanto or whatever. You know, Mm talking about Roundup and weed killer, and I'm gonna share. a brief story. I'm not going to name any names, but we knew, um, an elderly person who lived in a place, kind of a tropical climate where there were a lot of bugs and they would frequently like take roundup and, uh, like spray, um, around garbage cans and stuff and, and around the borders of the house to keep the bugs and all the crap from coming in. And they ended up getting cancer. It's like, so I watch a movie like this and that's in the back of my mind the whole time. Yeah. Like, fuck these people and when when the ending comes i won't spoil it for anybody else but it's just such a like a fuck kind of yeah, yeah kind of feeling
1: yeah
3: um yeah. uh that said there will be blood is a fucking masterpiece i've been going back to my criticer ratings paul and i've been bumping a few things up to 100 because like you <laughs> said i need to give more things 100 but there will be blood is one that i've I gave a hundred the first time I saw it uh, because it's like poetry. It's like literature. Um, it's, it's such a like landmark. I feel like it's legitimately like one of the best 25 best films ever made probably. And yeah. no country for old men for me is a 98. So it's, <laughs> They're so both so damn good. Uh, yeah. But so, yeah, it deserves best picture. It's fine it's It's that good that it did their best picture. There will be blood. It's probably a tiny bit better, but I'm not mad uh yeah. oh yeah, Zodiac also is a great movie. I think that would have been um I probably would have bumped Juno out of i'm I'm glad it was like in one screenplay, but I would have put in maybe like Zodiac or you know I love the Darjeeling limited Ugh. uh. <laughs> I'm not there. Um, Sunshine is 90 percent of a great movie. Oh God, I love Sunshine so <laughs> much. I just hate the ending, but I, yeah. I do
0: love it, it otherwise. Um, I just I saw Men today. I'm just such a huge fan of Alex Garland. I I can't help it. And good. Oh, and we get to
3: talk. We get to talk Danny Boyle soon, so I'm I'm
0: happy about that.
3: Good. Um, assassination of uh, Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Gotta say what the whole up. thing. Fucking amazing movie. I, I don't. I just don't know if the Academy didn't want to have the all the nominees be quite so bleak and westerny, but yeah. <laughs> it, it absolutely deserves a nomination. It's another masterpiece. Um. So yeah, that's what that's what I'll say from now. I do like uh, Into the Wild, but I, I'm not putting in the Best Picture nominee. <laughs> sure.
1: All right, uh, Paul. All right.
0: Let's do The Thing. The thing. thing. All right. So my number four of the remaining, I watched all of them except one, and I didn't need to watch it because, uh, as you said, I ran out of time and I watched it recently, so we'll get there. Uh, I rewatched Juno, and it's it's hard to say anything new that you guys didn't just say. <laughs> that movie is very 2007, and uh, mm-hmm. I hate that it starts with her uh, declining an abortion, and it ruined the rest of the movie for me. Mm. So. Uh, you're terrible person, Juno. Mm. But J.K. Simmons and Alice Oscar winner Alice and Janney are perfect in that movie. Yep, Absolutely. I love them so much. Yep. Uh, my number three of the remaining is going to be Atonement, which uh, is getting a four and a half star review for me because that film is gut wrenching. God, it's so good. I
3: love that movie i love
0: that movie a lot uh and it's sad and it's bleak and uh if you went to go see uh pretty much a uh, merchant ivory film and you got atonement i can't even imagine how
3: weird that must have yeah
0: that movie's fucked up
3: (laughs) i think i think caitlin and her mom saw it and then they were like oh that movie so i i probably would have watched it um If Caitlin wasn't so sour on it, but I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back to it when she's not around.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So it, it gets weird and sad and bleak and then gets fucked up and weird and sad and bleak. And then at one point they, there's a, there's a lot of violence in it. There's a lot of really devastating imagery. Uh And uh, at one point, they feel like they're going in one direction and then they completely pull the rug out from you and go into the complete opposite direction and it's mm. devastating. The film is beautiful. You haven't seen it, see it. Uh, all right, my number two is going to be Michael Clayton. It's great. It's a great film. Yep. Uh, yeah. it, I, I, I'm putting it below the other
3: ones just because it's, it is a little too, like, audience-pleasing. Yeah. just that let, let me ask you a quick question then, um, about the horses. <laughs> what uh I, I think they like show the book and he sees a passage about horses do you think mm-hmm. that's what like makes him stop and get out
0: yeah and
3: they symbolize some kind of freedom for him yeah uh, just a break from the shit around him i guess
0: yeah it's just this like untamed beauty in the middle of a field that he has to take yeah. in for a moment and him 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 stopping to appreciate the beauty of nature and the untamed wilderness kind of things is what saves him from the pressures and the, the dangers of the metropolitan jungle that he lives in kind of thing. Gotcha. And it's yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it. I think it's a great film. Sidney Pollack's in it and he's amazing. Um, yeah, I love that movie. Uh, mine, number one of the remaining is of course there will be blood it's a fucking masterpiece it it's it rules uh there's there's very few things that can be said about this movie that haven't already been said and if i could find that thing i will say it but uh, (laughs) it it it's another i went and saw that film twice in the theaters and i I was the weirdo talking about drinking people's milkshakes for like three months before everybody else saw it. And I was just like, come on, everybody, please catch (laughs) up to me. It's like, did you see that
3: Saturday Night Live sketch and nobody knew what I was talking about? like,
0: uh, milkshake? Okay. It took Leanne to see it. and she, She convinced the roller derby team she was on to name one of their bouts, I drink your milkshake. And she was like, yeah, we gotta have like oil derricks and stuff in the back, and everybody's like, "What the fuck are you <laughs> talking? Should, have you not seen the movie?"
3: <laughs> yeah, oh, shout out to Red Dead Redemption. I love they they have a town named Plainview that's an oil town, and nice. I love that. Nice.
0: Yeah, so so Michael Clayton is the ninety eight on the Zach scale for me, Ooh. and. Uh, there will be blood would be a hundred on the Zach scale for me. And uh, no country for old men would be 105. I, Oh, wow. this movie is my favorite film of <laughs> 2007. Nice. I cannot believe how good this movie is. Uh, also Zodiac would be at hundred too. So uh, yeah, it's up there. I, I still own two copies of Zodiac on DVD because I won't get rid of my director's cut. Um, yeah. It's, yeah incredible it's an incredible movie but uh no country for old men is by far one of my probably top 20 favorite films i nice i love the way cormac mccarthy writes and that the cohen's just came in and pretty much lifted all of his words off the page and put them directly on screen Mm -hmm. is mind-boggling how they made this movie this good uh no i i think this movie is beyond perfect and thunderdome (laughs) and uh it deserves best picture
1: all right well alex we got a second question here for you yeah uh and i'm just going to go ahead and assume the answer and tell you that there's going to be a part two but uh is this the worst best picture
2: no uh No? no no all right uh what is the worst best picture that's a very good question um I have never seen crash. I have not seen what was a green book. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't seen the ones that everybody kind of says. Um, what are some of the other really unpopular best pictures that I have to think? Um,
3: um, well, for us, the, some of the, there's some early stinkers like Broadway melody where our, our current running is the greatest show on earth, which is a 1950s movie about the circus okay um movie Forrest Gump maybe what do you think about Forrest Gump
2: (laughs) I I, I'm not gonna say that I'm like a big Forrest Gump defender but I think that it's inoffensive as far as I'm concerned like I mean I (laughs) I I enjoy I enjoy the emotional depth that it it reaches you know for for a what's essentially like a a really long what kind of comedy I I guess I don't know like it's (laughs) You Know it, it's kind of like Pee Wee's big adventure for like uh, wow. adults, right? You I know, I can't
1: believe we did an entire episode, nobody brought up Pee Wee's big adventure.
2: Uh, <laughs> you know, he just sort of stumbles through uh, the universe or whatever, and uh, I don't know. I, right, yeah, I, I know a lot of people love to just kind of uh, take shots at Forrest Gump, but I. I don't know. It doesn't feel right. You know, uh, that guy went through a lot. So, you know, uh, just, just leave him alone, I guess, uh, is kind of my take on it. But anyway, uh, I'm not like a huge fan, but
3: yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Fair good enough. Take.
1: All right. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you. This movie is not the worst, best picture. Um, I put this at my number. Uh, 15.
3: Oh, nice.
1: Um, if it had been there, this will be there or there will be blood. It would have been my number two. Ooh. Nice. But, uh, it was not, uh, I got it in between. It happened one night in Casablanca. So good company. I, yeah.
3: All right. Zach, is
1: this the worst best
3: picture? No, sir. It's not. I have it at my number eight. Ooh, Ooh. number eight. I uh, I gave the apartment an edge at number seven just because I a soft spot for that movie, and on the waterfront goes to number nine.
1: Nice.
3: <coughs> Paul.
0: Uh, I'm also going to go with a big old fat no, and uh, this is at my number six. Ooh, mm-hmm. it's Juicy. sitting right under Casablanca, sitting right on top of Amadeus.
1: We got Casablanca in that same ish area there. Nice.
0: Uh whoop got pushed out of number 10. Uh what got pushed out of number 10 was the sound of music finally dropped out of my top 10. Uh, finally. What so got pushed dish. out of your
1: top 10, Zach?
3: Uh Silence of the Lambs was my number 10. Um
1: that's sad.
3: Yeah, that's still
0: holding
1: strong at my number two. Nice. Nice all right well i think that's where we are going to call it alex thank you very much again for joining us today
2: yes thank yeah, you of course yeah thanks for the invite yeah is there anything you'd like to plug today oh shoot i guess there's a second volume of this book coming out called uh super cade and i i think that's coming out Anytime um, from it's sort of independently published. The original one was like an MIT press coffee table book. And then the second one is coming out from the same editor. Um, and she had me write the entries on the Nintendo 64 and super Mario 64. So I sort of wrote back to back chapters in that. Uh, nice. Like I said, Just a coffee table book about video game history with like lots of illustrations and, Nice. screenshots and stuff so uh Very hopefully nice. that'll be cool i'm excited to get my hands on that hell yeah um yeah i get my kids yeah it looks it looks really cool i mean um the
1: What's first it volume again?
2: it's called Supercade. so there's like the original one covered like the 80s ish you know basically and then um volume two is sort of like the 90s through like the ps2 xbox era roughly i think so mm. okay um yeah
1: nice cool all right well that's where we are going to call it here today everybody thank you very much for listening my name is jonathan pierce you can find me on the twitter the twitch and on the tiktoks at altorn underscore uh, zach where can we find you
3: you can find me on Critiker Zachmaster x-a-k-k-m-a-s-t-e-r TikTok at House Havoc or Letterboxd by searching my name, Mr. Workman.
0: Uh, you can follow me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the films that I watch. And today, as I mentioned, I went and watched Alex Garland's Men. Uh, it's very interesting, and I suggest it to anybody who wants to be very unsettled. Mm. <laughs> very
1: unsettled. <laughs> mm. All right. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, then, Zach, what are we watching next week?
3: There's this big kind of uh, sticky note over the schedule, and I'm a little confused. It says something about my birthday episode. Mm. Oh, Oh, okay. There's three movies listed here. Uh, Handwritten. One is Ed Wood. Okay, Ed Wood. You can read on Amazon, Google, Voodoo, YouTube. Oh, Eternal Sunshine for the Spotless Mind, which you can rent on Amazon, Hulu, Google, Philo, Voodoo, or YouTube. And High Fidelity, wow, rent on Amazon, Google, Hulu, Voodoo, and YouTube. So we got three movies next week. Ooh. Wow. And these yeah. are some of my favorites. Well,
0: happy birthday. Can't wait. Mm. Yeah. But until then, we would like to thank Trav for producing our show. He's from our sister podcast, Loving Up a Benjamin. droom so check him out over there. We'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We would like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscar pod On Facebook, at The Oscar Worst podcast Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And leave us a nice five-star review, like it sounds like we all did with this film. Yo. Uh, you can do that on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm.
1: The almighty algorithm. Brandon. Call it five stars.
0: <laughs> so, for Alex Kane, Jonathan, Zach, and uh, we 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 didn't talk enough about Kelly McDonald in this episode. So let's give her a shout out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we would all like for you to have a damn fine day.